This is Neon Cauldron with Elise Osborne. Elise Osborne, and um, our guest today is Lauren Cohen, visual artist in New York City. Hi, Lauren. Hello. <laughs> so, Lauren grew up in um, the town of Sanders, Massachusetts, which is Old Salem, and was renamed, um, you're saying, in the, the late 1700s. So, um, why do you think they changed the name? Um, I mean, Old Salem Village was connected to the, uh, the bigger, like, town of Salem, and they needed to separate, and there were lots of issues um, back in the, the early 1600s, because the, the farmers, they were going out into, like, the countryside to have better, like, farming land, because it wasn't really that great uh, near the coast. Um, so for them to go all the way back to, uh, Salem to go to the church, um, to pray was becoming really difficult for them to kind of commute back and forth, like through the distance. Um, but also because it was a really hostile environment with like Native Americans, um, they were really fearful of basically like losing their lives, like going all the way back and forth. Um, so they needed to separate and then have their own a church in in uh, basically what's present day Danvers. So they, they split off from Salem. Well, that makes sense. Um, do you think it had anything to do also with the connotations of the the witch trials? Um, no, I mean the name Danvers itself doesn't have anything to do with that. I mean, they it wasn't that they were trying to change the name because they wanted to like erase any like negative connotations to uh the name of their village or whatever it was um so that wasn't really like a part of it but um obviously the uh the events that happened there were really uh horrible um so perhaps changing the name we could look at it now as being a nice thing um also the present day community they they really don't want um, tourists to go to their their town um, because it's a very quiet kind of residential place. And I don't know if anyone's familiar. I mean, I'm sure everyone is that listens to this podcast about uh, the city of Salem and how, uh, you know, Halloween and witches and all of these kind of theatrics are really amplified there. Um, and so, yeah, Danvers wants to be sort of more secretive about their true history because a lot of the events actually took place there. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And, and also I feel that, um, you know, it's important to know that even though the Salem witch trials are very iconic, you know, time and there is that Daniel Day-Lewis, Winona Ryder movie and, you know, the play The Crucible and stuff like that wasn't really the beginning of American um, murders towards suspected witches. And it actually started much earlier. Um, it's known that the, the first um, witch murder was in 1662. And, and the last person, the last American hung as a witch was in 1878. So that's a span of 216 years. And that's really incredible. And, and that uh, started in Connecticut. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, over the years, it's estimated that um, 
40,000 to 50,000 people were murdered as witches in the United States. Um, it's, it's disgusting. I mean, it's, yeah. It really, it makes me sick. I, I really feel sick to my stomach talking about this, but it's really important. Um, and, of course, you know, I say, I'm saying people because a small fraction, a very small fraction were men. Um, oh, yeah, I know. So, yeah. There, well, during the um, actual Salem witch trials, there were two men. Um, one was Giles Corey, and he was crushed to death by rocks. Um, did you do you know about that uh, story? Of, yeah, it's really. It's, that's kind of what ended it, too, because it was so horrific. And his last words were just more weight. Yeah, just, he just keep, keep putting. Yeah, because people were so uh, not wanting to obviously admit to anything because it wasn't true that they were uh, afflicted or talking to the devil or signing any books. This was not the case. Um, however, if they did confess, they would have been let go. I mean, not let go. Obviously, they would have been excommunicated and, you know, uh, sent somewhere else or I don't know what. They certainly wouldn't be able to still live in the community. Um uh, but they would have maybe not been killed, you know? I, I don't know what's worse uh, at that time, to either be killed or have to live in the way that, I don't know, they would have been stigmatized and harassed. But um, I was just going to say, in this, uh, one of my favorite books is um, by Marilyn K. Roach, and it's called A Day-by-Day -Day Chronicle of a Community Under Siege, The Salem Witch Trials. So she basically, like, has written an extensive, like over, I don't know how many years she was, maybe like 25 years of her life. She's an incredible woman and she's living in Watertown, Massachusetts, I think even now. Um, but it goes like literally every day of what was happening from 1692, I think it was like the spring or the summer, uh, all the way in. Hi. We got disconnected for but, um, that's okay. Well, yeah, I remember I remember where I was, though. I was telling about um, this woman, Marilyn K. Roach, that wrote this book and how um, she goes through, like, the daily kind of, like, what was happening in not only the town of Salem, but the little village, uh, Old Salem Village, also in Boston and in some of the other surrounding, like, in Connecticut or various places. So you start to see, like, this strange web that has been created by like the the people going into the meeting houses and the churches like that was their you know meeting i mean that's like their soap opera that's where they would talk and learn about like what's going on in all these other places because it wasn't easy for them to just like you know they didn't have phones they didn't have anything so anyway um yeah so i'm just seeing <clears throat> like the daily recordings of what she kind of dug up over time of what these people were doing. Um, and it's pretty intense. Um, you can even look at like the date. It doesn't have today's date specifically, but maybe when this podcast airs, it might be, I don't know, what would you say like a week from now that you might. Uh, oh, looking into the actual history that happened on the day. Exactly. Back then. Yeah. You can actually like find that in this book. Um, I, I like to do this sometimes where I actually just flip through and I find, you know, whatever date it is, like July 17th, uh, 1692. And so I read like what was going on in, in different areas. Uh, and some of it's really insane. 
morbid but interesting practice. Um, <laughs> I know. And, I, I can't stop so, doing it. <laughs> so this is also your your hometown and, you know, living in the shadow of these events. Um, you were saying that your um, your dissertation in college was about what the culture is in this town today and that you're arguing that it hasn't really changed. I mean, clearly people aren't being hung as witches today. I mean, I hope not. But, no, um, no, not that literal. It's more of like a an analogy or a metaphor. Like for a lot of the kind of undertones and the behavior of what goes on behind closed doors and this also not behind closed doors, which is horrifying because it's sort of like this, um, this air about the community that, you know, uh, it's all white. So there's really no diversity. And that's very like this puritanical, like, I don't know, like fear of the other, or I don't know what, like, I just sort of wish that there would be more diversity and that they would be more open-minded. And why isn't there like, I don't know, a, a, a mosque or I don't know, a Jewish temple, like something that's in this community that's not just like Catholic or Christian and like, I don't know. Um, so that's kind of, I, I mean, I touch on that just because the idea of how a lot of the witch trials was started was this figure of Tichaba. I mean, she was like a, have you heard of Tichaba? The, she was the slave that was owned by Samuel Paris in um, his house. Yeah. Well, also, um, Tichaba um, and uh, two others were um, were the original like Salem witch trial witches that were killed, and the other were Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne. Oh yeah, I know. Which but is my last name, I know. and that. <laughs> God. Well, I was gonna yeah. say that like the whole. The whole thing with Tichaba was that she, at this point, we still don't know if she actually was Native American or um, from Barbados, uh, taken by Samuel Paris when he his family had like sugarcane plantations. So he was going over and I, we don't know, historically, like it could be that he took her back from Barbados and um, had her working like in his household uh and she was doing sort of fortune telling and things that obviously were not looked on um in a good light by the puritan community and so yeah. she was sort of stigmatized as a witch um somebody who was you know obviously doing something that was not uh, acceptable at the time and um, she actually Which, did admit she, yeah, well, she was the only of the three that were, that, that admitted that she was a witch, but she did not actually get hanged. She did not uh, get murdered by them from this. I mean, I, I think that what happened is she was excommunicated and had to go to like another village or I don't know what, um, it might even be that she was murdered and it just was not recorded. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, the point is that I do I feel that there are a lot of similarities in this place um, to a lot of the reasons why I think um, the events of the witch trials actually took place um, with jealousy and greed and fear and hysteria, but also boredom, which is, yeah. I mean, I do feel that that played a huge part in it. A lot of people are like, oh, wasn't it something in the water or... 
Or something was contaminated. Or yeah, yeah. Sorry, not in the water. The 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 weed or something had gone off, yeah. and so everyone got poisoned in their brain. Or I don't believe this at all. Um, and I believe that over time it's been proven that that was not the case. Um, there was a lot of uh, family controversy. Um, people marrying into different, I don't know, uh, families, and some people had more money and more farmland, and there were a lot of like issues in this place very much like a soap opera and very volatile very violent uh and you would think that oh because they're so conservative and they're so puritan but no these people were drinking they were you know they they had tavern parties that went way too late i mean you know what i mean like these were not like god-fearing people really yeah i mean it's also like um mass of undertones of misogyny of course which isn't really unusual for any story anywhere over history but you're you're so right in saying um you know having a legal reason to demolish a life and take over what's left over and um i found out um i have an ancestor um who was um hung as a witch and um this is, um, I'm going to read this little thing that my second cousin, Julie Rains, sent me. Um, so she says, on January 25th, 1663, Rebecca and Nathaniel Greensmith were hung as witches on Gallows Hill, where Trinity College now stands in Hatford, Connecticut. In an appalling twist of fate, Andrew Benton um, purchased the Greensmith's property married Ann Cole, their accuser, um, and raised a family in like Ann Cole's victim's house. Um, so what happened to Rebecca's daughters, Sarah and Hannah Elsing, after they tried to claim their late stepfather's estate is not known. Um, but um, her sons moved from Hatford and nurtured large families in other parts of Connecticut and Long Island. So um, the son, like you're saying, that the sons like moved elsewhere. There's really no record of um, what happened to the daughters who actually fought back and said, like, you can't just like take our families home, you know, but that's what they did. So the accuser that had two people murdered for being witches ended up getting a getting a house out of it, which is fucking psycho. Yeah. You know, and. But and I think is, it also no, but that's like the exact thing that I'm talking about that these kinds of things would stir the pot of like why somebody would point a finger and be like you're a witch because they wanted something to happen here. I mean, they they were yeah. looking to gain something or to I don't know, like get rid of somebody. You know what I mean? Which is so creepy because if I um let's say that I really believed that there was a magical witch that was putting a spell on me to make me sick or whatever. Um, I would not want to move into her fucking house, especially after I had her and her husband killed. Like what? I mean, yeah. And also like the story of Rebecca nurse, who was one of the 19 people that in uh, old Salem village, she was hanged, but she was one of the most like, you know, religious, pious, uh, women in the community and that's why after that i mean it was very strange for some of these um i don't know if they were called priests uh they weren't called priests like i don't know pastor or 
parishioner. I, I don't know what they were. But anyway, they were kind of looking at it going, uh-oh, maybe we've got a problem here. Because yeah. how, how can we really, I mean, that's one of the worst depositions that I've read is that she, oh God, it like makes me really upset because she, she was also like, I think hard of hearing. And so when, yeah, yeah, they were just saying like that she, I can't remember the full thing. It's like, I'm going to fuck it up now. <laughs> they were, okay. they were reading to her like what was going on and then she didn't understand they said if if you understand what we're saying then then you must like say this now or she just didn't know what they were talking about and because of that they were like nope then you're guilty and that was it and she's like but i didn't even understand and that was the yeah. end of it anyway it didn't even matter like it didn't matter once you're accused and um the other thing was they would really pick women who were sassy who were old who were mentally ill or you know anybody that they kind of deemed as like an outsider have yeah outsiders but also like these are early american colonies and i think it was also had to do with oh my god if we have to take care of you and we're live out here like it'd be better if we didn't have to deal with that and we had your resources yeah and i think some of it comes down to that i mean i also um, i think that a lot of those like young girls that were the afflicted ones that were freaking out and going into hysterics I think also they were sometimes just like envious or resented their neighbors' successes, like for whatever reason. I mean, Rebecca Nurse had the most land. She had like an amazing mm -hmm. farm and she might've like, I think I read a story that she like got upset with somebody whose cows got onto her property and they were like ruining her, her crops or something. And so she pointed a finger and like, you know, got really cross. And it's like, ooh, ooh, yeah. people didn't forget that. But really, it's it's not even like, oh, she pointed a finger. She's a witch. No, it's not like that. It was that they were jealous. They were like, look at all that land Rebecca Nurse has. Ooh, let's get rid of her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's also this other part of it um, in a like these young women in this misogynist community. So they're like young and girls. So I think in a fucked up way, it was their way of having power. Yeah where they were like bottom wrong normally. So suddenly everyone's listening to exactly, them. And they have the power exactly. Of life or death. Yeah, I I um, I agree with that as well because they were also, you know, so repressed. I mean, sexually like in different ways, they were not allowed to even wear color. I mean, that sounds kind of basic, but you know, if these people had enough money and they were able, they would have gotten a scarlet cloak. I mean, I read that actually in in Marilyn K. Roach's book, she said if they had the means, they would have gotten something fancier or more colorful. And it's like, oh, really? But they weren't even allowed to do that because of their religion. So psycho. I know. Also, like, um, as I was digging into um, looking beyond, um, it's funny because I found this come up in some other internet searches about early witches, like pre-Salem witches that we don't really think about because of the shadow of how grandiose the Salem witch trials were. So um, Rebecca and Nathaniel Greensmith were murdered in 1663, and then the Salem witch trials started um, in 1692. Yeah. So it's like this huge gap in like a different land, you know, different town and, and state. But um, 
also there's like kind of this like point where after you're accused, like you're saying, there's really no way out. And so interesting things about the character of my dear ancestor, Rebecca Greensmith, um, one, one person said of her, um, she was a lewd, ignorant, and considerably aged woman. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and apparently, um, one of the trials they did was they would do the water test where they bound her and Nathaniel's hands yep. and dunked them in water. And they said when they were like basically trying to drown them that they didn't have the fear of God in their eyes. Oh, yeah. And they didn't, they didn't drown. They like survived. So that was like, okay, well now we get to officially hang you. So also it's like, what, I mean, this has been brought up before. I'm not the first person to think of this, but like, so you basically you want to die. So if you die in the water, then at least you go to heaven or something, or people remember you well and be like, oh, I guess we were wrong, but they're still dead. And apparently she also confessed, um, and condemned herself after the severe questioning and quote said that she had familiarity with the devil. And she also said um, at Christmas, she would have a merry meeting with the devil. And she said that she would dance naked in the woods and making concoctions in black kettles, AKA cauldrons. So she just like, I think she was like an old sassy bitch. And I think that definitely makes sense to me as an ancestor. And she was like, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I hang out with the devil at Christmas. I do all the things that you're thinking of. Yeah, that's me. Well, and I, I think it was her way of having dignity. I mean, I do want to say that I do think that during this time between, I don't know, six, the, the 1630s through like the Salem witch trial times and beyond, I do think that there were people who were using herbs and natural remedies for healing or whatever it was. I mean, that's how we get like modern day medicine anyway, you know, like it comes from plants and whatever. Mm. So, and this is even before like being in uh, America, like, you know, it's like in Europe and wherever, like people have been using this kind of stuff. So I don't think that it's unheard of that that was happening. And perhaps, you know, that was frowned upon as well. I mean, you weren't supposed to be doing any of these kinds of things, which is absurd. But um, there's a part in this book now, going back to uh, what you were saying in, I think it was Connecticut, right? Your your family? So it says here, yeah. um, surviving records indicate that more than 120 individuals, 88 women and 32 men were suspected of witchcraft in New England between basically like 1638 and 1691 excluding those who turned out to be only Quakers. So some suspects were in court repeatedly and others not at all. Some 121 trials involved 85 women and 36 men. Of these 38 cases were slander suits brought against an accuser by 27 women and 11 men. Uh, Okay. So yeah, most cases occurred in Connecticut and Massachusetts where the majority of the English population lived. The rate of accusation in Essex County, Massachusetts, whose county seat is Salem, was the same as in Essex County uh, of Old England, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah. So that was what you're talking about. Yeah. And I like what you're saying also about, like, the herbalists, basically, which is a huge distinction from basically the Christian invention of, like, hanging out with Satan, which... um, which is so convoluted and it's part of the puritanical fantasy 
And it's not something that people would have actually done. You know, I feel like now I've definitely met witches where I felt like they were down with doing that stuff or whatever, you know, like as sort of a exploration. But back then I'm, I'm extremely doubtful that people were actually trying to like, well, I think that even women's like menstruation has been feared and stigmatized and is considered something very like, I don't know, like something with the devil, perhaps like mother nature, mother earth, like all this kind of stuff. Um, what the hell does this say here? Plus the even then outdated medieval view of women's nature, grasping and destructive. It's talking about menstruating women, a glance that tarnished mirrors or dried up mother's milk. And it's like, it's really funny because when you go through this book and you actually see like the, the different things that these girls were like saying to their parents or whatever, like, oh, she's, she's, poking me with needles or my head spinned around or my stomach is like messed up or that if a woman uh in the community like looked at you weird that some man he wasn't able to like urinate for a week do you know what i'm saying like i mean yeah there are these things written here it's insane it's like oh uh john proctor that's not the person but i'm just trying to make up a name because john proctor (laughs) was included in the witch house but Okay, so John he, Proctor, guy, yeah. he, for one whole fortnight, was not able to urinate or whatever. And so it's like, it's recorded in the fucking town papers. Like, no joke, it's here. Oh my god. That's crazy. Yeah, and it was just a vehicle to basically demolish lives and there's actually this really great movie that came out a few years back called witch, uh, the witch? did you see I that yes yeah yeah and it was interesting because I, I feel like it was kind of done through the period puritanical perspective and like it's not really as much a historical document but like sort of a history of a fantasy of what they thought was happening yeah i felt real. I had mixed feelings about this movie. I mean, I I do watch, like, anything that has to do with The Witch Trials because I want to see how it's uh, interpreted by the screenplay writer or the director or whatever. So I, I, I watched it, and I felt... And this is, like, just my personal opinion. I felt that he could have done without, like, the kind of incest uh, between the character of, like... The, the sister and the brother, like, I thought that that could have been left out of it. Right. Like, you know, the relationship that the, the sister had, like, with the brother, like, at one point, it was, like, turned sexual because she was a witch, and she was, like, going to, like, touch him, like, physically. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you remember that? I it, I left it out of my memory. I, I for some reason, don't yeah, remember she was, that. Yeah, she became, like, this witch, or I don't know what happened. She's out in the woods, and then there were these weird like flashback moments and fantasies where she was trying to actually seduce her younger brother and it was really disturbing. And I mean, I understand that it's his like artistic license to like, you know, include that if he so chooses. And it's not to say that obviously like that kind of stuff could have been going on at that time. Like anything could have happened, but I just didn't want to, I don't know. I didn't want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Very fair. Well, thank you so much for sharing, you know, the history of your hometown. And um, 
yeah, it's just like such chilling histories and also just like lightweight genocide uh, that's been really marginalized and we don't really talk about. But America's so famous for gem- well, genocide. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, I so. know. And it just seems like we don't want history to repeat itself. So perhaps like it's obviously good that we don't like sweep these things under the rug. But I don't know. I mean, I guess this kind of thing could be even not like in the same way going on now, but I don't know, just to be a, a, I think it is a bit. I mean, I think that, um, I mean, if we're talking religiously, like, like Muslims in the United States, I feel like there's a lot of people who have this crazy phobia of what they think that Islam is, you know, and a lot of sort of, uh, different kinds of witch hunts going on now, but I don't know. I, I'm very concerned about uh, present day of what's happening. Yeah. And the only time I've heard um, witch hunt of present day, it's like men in power saying that they feel like there's a witch hunt going on against men as sexual predators. Yeah, and you're like, this isn't a, this isn't a fucking witch hunt. Also, also, no we shouldn't even you. refer to anything as a, 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 a. I was about to say bloody witch hunt because you know my time living in London, I shouldn't say bloody. But um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm really sorry. offended that you said bloody. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we okay. shouldn't even be using that term. I mean, what does it even mean to say that now? You know what I mean? Like uh, how they would say, oh, Hillary Clinton, she's a witch, or. I don't know, just calling any woman a witch. I mean, what the hell is that? It's it's silly, but I also feel like sometimes which is a default term for like a woman who has her own force yeah, about so her. Yeah, so it's like using the word and, to flip um, it and to use it in a different context for our, our, ourselves or for whatever you want. I mean, I I don't I don't believe in organized religion so i don't conform to any one thing but i guess spiritual i mean i believe in nature and i believe in myself and if i was hanging out during like the salem witch trial times i mean i don't know i i would have i would have been well i think I, we know I, <laughs> I know what would happen to me i mean the same as my ancestor like i hear my voice in her you know, when I'm reading these quotes, like, yeah, I hang out with him on Christmas. And well, you know, <laughs> like... I actually always felt growing up in that town that I was always an outsider, very similar to uh, the character, not the character, she was an actual person of Tichaba, um, feeling like the other in a place where you need to feel like it's your home. And I just never felt that way. Um, and I don't think that even now I would be viewed as part of the community or like a normal person to anyone there being an artist and doing the kind of work that I do. Like, I mean, I still go back to my town and I, I lay in the Paris house foundation, like this ditch in the ground where, you know, those events took place and I take photographs and I've been doing it since I was like a kid. And this is just something very not normal to the people that live there. So yes, even now, I would be considered, like, a strange witch. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that New you York. live in, in <laughs> present times in New York City. Yeah. You should be okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> um, 
thank you for coming on and it was yeah. wonderful to talk to you about nice talking Salem. to you too i like learning um, about your family history yeah i i don't know i i do when i don't i think that um honestly it was validating in some ways because even as a little girl um i had this thought you know kids think crazy fantastical things but even as a really little girl, I was like afraid if somebody found out that I was magical, that I would be murdered. And um, that's something that's been kind of in the back of my head my whole life, even now. And it's something that I, you know, of course, don't like, you know, conform to because it's it's a little bit silly. But I think that those fears do live on um, ancestrally through traumas um, in your blood. But this has been Neon Cauldron with Lauren Cohen and I'm Elise Osborne. I will hear you, see you. No, I won't. You'll you'll hear me next episode. I don't know why I said it that way. Sorry. Bye. Okay, bye.